Hello, folks, and welcome to Got Your Back. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Man, it was a tough day on the Edmonton sports scene. Two gentlemen that had a profound impact on the sports community in this market, on the sports fan in this market, certainly on the other sports reporters in this market, on so many of you at home, not to mention the family and friends. John Short, 86 years old, survived by his wife, Aaron or sorry, his children, Aaron and Michael, Marta, his wife, and Robin Brownlee, 65 years old. Son Sam and Michael and Anna Lynn, our thoughts are with you so much on a day like today. And tonight we're going to start the podcast with a bit of discussion about our colleagues, and there's nobody better in town to, to have this discussion than our good friend, Jason Greger, as we say good evening to him, Struddy here as well. We'll get to Rob Brown in a few minutes, and we will get to our podcast and breaking down a win for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. But guys, we need to take a few minutes and pay tribute to these guys, because in their own way, they were both giants, uh, such different temperaments, you know, they did different jobs. But uh, they did it. They did it well and with a lot of dignity. Uh, Greg's, you were close with both of them. Man, hard day today. Let's let's pay tribute to both of them and maybe start with John Short, Greg's, because I know he had a profound impact on you and your career, pal. Oh yeah, Shorty was a guy. Uh, you know, he was an absolute beauty. I, I was so happy that uh, we had a, a good hour chat uh, just before Christmas, and so it's it's always nice. You know, we'd catch up every few months. Uh, he, you know, he he had a massive impact in my career. I really started from listening as a kid, like, you know, many of you guys and many people in the, in the Edmonton area. Um, you know what? I remember so many nights driving home from hockey with my brother and my dad or, you know, me and my dad. And, you know, we were always listening to sports talk. It was on all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, John Shore was a legend in my mind. And it wasn't just after hockey. I, <laughs> I had the old alarm clock, man, and it would be in my bedroom and, you know, good night, mom. Good night, dad. And you go down to your room and, you know, you know, you pull the blankets over and you got the alarm clock under the blanket and you're just listening. Oh, to yeah. John and was riveted by what he said. I learned so much about sports. I was passionate about it. And he was just, it was great. And, you know, I remember calling in on kids night the first time and, you know, running upstairs that dad, did you hear it? You know, so it's uh, a lot of real good memories with John from then. <laughs> and then I got to, I got to meet him and I, I ended up working for him and, you know, he hired me when I was in school and it was, it was a joy to work with John. I learned a lot. Um, he had the perfect personality for me. We meshed. I don't like to be micromanaged and he didn't like to micromanage. So it was, <laughs> it, it was awesome. And he, um, he, we had a lot of laughs. I learned a lot from him and um, you know, we, we became friends really and, and colleagues. Like he, he gave me every opportunity. He just said, whatever you want to do, you try. And he was, you know, never said no to anything. And he was, you know, I got to know Marta and, you know, and, and Michael, of course, he worked with us when he did his Let's Go Outdoors show. And so, you know what, it was, it was for me, I, you know, I talked to Marta today and it was obviously, you know, a shock shot. John had, uh, he had leukemia. He'd been battling that and, and the uh, treatments, it just wasn't working anymore. So, and I talked to John and he was okay with it. He's like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm 86. And, and he thought he had, you know, quite a few more months and unfortunately he just got pneumonia here and, uh, you know, went into the hospital on Saturday and, you know, it, uh, when you're 86, mm -hmm. pneumonia sucks. And so, um, you know, it was quick in that sense. But, you know, Marta got to say goodbye and was with him. And I, I think that's very important and special for both of them. So, you know, my heart aches for them. And I had a really good chat with Marta uh, yesterday and today. And, um, you know, John, I, I, owe, I owe really, I think I owe my whole career to John. And he, he always had a real special place in my heart. And it was always great to talk to him. 
Yeah, he he was amazing. I think, you know, growing up, just like you, Gregs, I listened to him. There was two people, Rod Phillips and John Short, that made me love the sport of hockey. Yeah. The way that Rod would paint the picture with his voice, yeah. and then John would explain it. You know, and, and I, I would hear those guys' voices, and they were the only two. This is before we could hear every single game and every single league. You know, these were the people that painted it for us. And then later on, after I, I was working with you, and then I got my own show at night, somewhat similar to what John Short had, right? The, the, the late did. night show. And um, I took a lot of pride in thinking I was I wasn't even close to good as him, but I you know I was thinking I was doing the same job he did, and I I took it very seriously the uh, the honor of kind of painting you know telling people what I saw or explaining the game to people that are listening yeah. like he did many years before. So John was uh, I only got to meet him a couple times after I was playing, and I was always it was kind of a thrill. It's like seeing Paul Lorio, right? These are the voices <laughs> yeah. of your youth, and I'm like, oh my god! I remember saying it's John Short. And I was like, oh, my, you know, you're kind of looking around, like, how do you talk to him? But he was a great guy and very welcoming. Um, but just he, he this leaves such a great track record in this community for mm -hmm. sports talk uh, that's been carried on by, you know, guys like yourselves and now and others on different platforms. But it's still the same idea. Yeah. Explaining what is going on in the sports world. And it's it's a great legacy. He, he was just he was brilliant at it. Guys, uh I mean, I'm sitting in this chair because of John Short. Like, I grew up like so many people that I've talked to today and people on Twitter. I mean, we all, we all listen to him, right? Oh, Everybody has that story. He's on the clock radio. You're trying to stay awake but falling asleep. So I'm going to play a piece of audio here. Um, when my mom showed this to me a few years ago, I thought, I hope Gregor never gets a hold of this. I hope Dustin Nielsen never gets a hold of this. I never want this to see the light of day. Um, but I thought today it was fitting to bring out this piece of audio. When I say that I'm sitting here because of John Short and his him being my inspiration, um, it's 100% true. Here is me mimicking um, a sports talk radio show uh, at a real young age. I agree the giant and, and Hercules Hernandez. Well, folks, that's the news at the sports and the weather for today. Till then, see you tomorrow. Until then, I'm Ryan Rashog. And Robbie Rashad. Signing off. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, out there man. now, boys. Do oh. your worst with it. But was, uh, I listen to John Short. Every night. You're, not, you're not sad and even dropped in that one yet. <laughs> no. That's fantastic. I was thinking, I was thinking the uh, same thing. <laughs> I, I wanted to be him. I wanted to be him, right? We just, and so many of us, um, such a nice man that I had the opportunity to meet him. It was such a huge thrill for me when I got the job at CTV and had a chance to meet him. He was so nice and so kind and had time for young broadcasters. It was an absolute thrill. So absolute legend. Uh, yeah, like, man, the, oh, the man. Big, Long the, the big thing for me, guys, was, um, so I started working with John when I was in Nate. And I was just going to be the on-site producer part-time on home games for the orders because they did the show at Northlands. And then Rob Kerr would go to the games. And then, so that was great. That was kind of a thrill. The interview was just sports questions. It was like the easiest interview of my life. And um, in, in March, because I started in late January, in March, Rob got really sick and he was off for a month. And so mm -hmm. I had to fill in every day, which was great. It turned out it was like the best thing that happened for me. And I know third or fourth night, a few guests didn't show up and John puts me on the air and he's just like, hey, man. You're really good. We'll do this every night now. And I remember leaving. It was nine to midnight. And uh, of course, my father had passed away uh, a year earlier. And uh, so I'm I'm pretty like I'm pretty hyped up. I'm like, man, I was just on the radio with John Short. Like he was asking me questions. Like what the hell is going on here? And uh, I'm driving home and I still remember to cross the old Capilano Bridge. 
And I got to the other side and it just kind of hit me like, damn, wish my dad was here to listen to that. And all of a sudden the waterworks had to pull over on the side of the road. And, mm -hmm. and John, you know, him and I had conversations about my dad. He knew I lost my dad. And so I, I would, you know, I don't want to lie. And, and it wasn't a father figure for John, but if I ever needed advice on stuff, he was kind of the guy that I would go to and yeah. um, gave me a lot of good advice. Like, you know, he told me some great stories. Like he, you know, John used to, to drink quite a bit and he quit drinking like cold Turkey in 1987 because he had had a few drinks on air and uh, they pulled him off the air and he thought he lost his job. And they said, no, man, like we kind of built have a drink with John short thing. So he quit <laughs> cold Turkey. And he always yeah. told me, he says, Hey, you know what? Go have fun, have lots of fun, but just remember, don't, don't get too close. And it was always one. I think the most, well, other than the time that we drank on purpose to, to prove a point uh, on the air, it's something I've always been cognizant of. So he didn't have, you know, like a lot of good fatherly advice. He wouldn't lecture you, but he, he would say something that make you go, all right, I'll listen. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, Robin Brownlee, you know, the news came not so long after and buddy, that one, that one's different, right? Robin, 60, 65 years of age. You know, he's, he's got the young family. Um, Greg's you, you did, you worked with Robin a ton and uh, he was a, a huge presence on your platforms after he was done at the sun. Um, that one hit me like a ton of bricks today and I'm sure it did, it did you as well. That's a huge loss and, and way too young. Yeah, that, that one was, was, you know, John was hard, but yeah, Robin's was cause it was just shock really big time for mm -hmm. me. Um, you know, Annalyn called me in the morning and, um, you know, it was, it was always a pretty emotional phone call. And, um, you know, when, when we hung up, I just kind of, I was pretty floored to be honest. Um, you know, like I knew Robin had, he was going in, he had a tumor in his ear and, uh, it was, it was close to where his brain was. So there was some concern because it was impacting his balance and he was worried about it, but he was also excited because he was sick and not, you know, having great balance. And I uh, was just looking forward to kind of being more active again. You know, Sam is youngest is 17 and Michael's in his early twenties. And you, you guys knew Robin and like, I knew Robin before oh, he yeah. had kids and like becoming a father was like the greatest joy of his life. Oh. Like the greatest joy, his his priorities changed when he became a dad and, you know, even really a husband. And it was, it was family first. And, and I'm not even, you know, people say that, but everything truly, changed about him, Greg, yes. when he became a dad. Yeah. He softened up like, and, and Robin was, you know, he was a pretty gruff guy, but as you got to know him, he understood why he had a really tough childhood. His dad had kind of abandoned their family and that, you know, that bothered him for a long time. And we had some, you know, real heartfelt conversations about it. And the thing about Rubes that, that I'll miss the most was like his laugh was pretty funny. He had a good sense of humor. Like he liked to give it. He's like struds, you know. He'd like to give it. He'll take it. And he would laugh at himself. And you know, like Ruben Bronte is one of my favorite nicknames. I love him. Call him Bronte. And so many people around town call him Bronte just because somebody <laughs> screwed up his name in Toronto on his accreditation <laughs> instead of saying Robin Brown. It was Ruben Bronte. Like it's not even close. So that's what makes it so awesome. And uh, but Rubens would never text me but he was always leaving me notes on direct messages on Twitter. And I'm like, dude, I'm not on Twitter all the time. Like none of them were ever um, like time sensitive, but yeah, yeah. he would, he would leave like little, Hey man, happy, happy father's day was a big one for me. I always wish me happy father's day. And you know, but if, if he heard something on, on the show or something I'd read that he liked, he would always comment on just say, Hey, I really like mm -hmm. that or this or that. And it was, it was always really nice notes that, you didn't get from a lot of people to be honest and not saying you needed that, but it was, that was just his thing. And it was funny today. When I wrote about that today, I had Craig Simpson and so many other people sending me screen captures of DMS that Robin had sent them. And you know, that's yeah. just, and they laughed. He's like, yeah, he would never text you, but he would DM you. And he yeah. you know, like Rob became a, 
a very emotional man. I, you know, he, he wasn't afraid to show his, his boys that he loved him. And I think, you know, too often society nowadays, you know, like Rob was that big and he was a huge man. Like Robin was a big dude, not just his head, like everything about him. He was thick. And, but he, he got very comfortable showing emotion. And I think, you know, that's something that, that I really respected about Robin and, you know, he would stand his ground on things, but he had a real soft, gentle side to him, uh, despite the big gruff look and the goatee and everything. And you know what, man, my heart goes out to, to, to Sam, who's, you know, he's graduating high school in, in six months and, and, you know, and young Michael, and, you know, they had a real good tight connection and, and so did Anna Lynn. And so that one, that one was, was really sad to me today. Cause, cause I know Robin is the man much more than I do. Robin is the broadcaster and writer. Yeah, a little bit different. My relationship is a little different with him. I, I actually knew him more as a broadcaster when I was playing, and I always enjoyed our interactions. I always thought he was his, his, his questions, his approach, and I'd read his articles. They were always really, I thought they were fair. Whether I liked it or not, they were fair. Uh, my first personal interaction was one day, Greg's, I came into work with you at uh, TSN, and he had been there previously, and I went to put his uh, headset on, and honestly, it could have wrapped around my waist. It was the biggest. It was so stretched out. I'm like, who wore this? A buffalo? And that was like my first thing. So we talked about it online. And then yeah. guess who got a note? I think it was, I think it might have been on Twitter. He sent me a note. It was like, hey, man, like, don't make yeah. fun of my head. I'm like, buddy, I couldn't believe it. But, you know, that kind of started our relationship. And, uh, you know, I put it on Twitter today. This guy was a stickler for grammar. And that is oh. not exactly my strong suit. So oh, I would. Yeah. I would say something on air or I'd write something down or tweet something. This guy'd be on me right away. And he'd tell me like, this was, it's not whom or who or there or there or them or then. I was like, God, I was losing it. So finally one day I caught him. One day I caught him. He wrote an article where he put, Yamamoto should be the best left winger on this team. I was seconds. I tweeted at him like, he's a right winger. Get your quality, get your, your facts right. And after that, <laughs> he never bothered me again. Oh, that's amazing. You know, he did the same thing to me, Struds. My first like two weeks on the job, I was the new guy in town. I'm like the brand new guy in town. I did a story on the Oilers, something about a previous first round, and I made a mistake in the story. I had talked about Ryan Smith being their first round pick from 1994. And I come walking into practice and I'm young and cocky. And I, I go walking into the stands to sit down and I hear from behind me, hey, hot shot, Jason Bonsignor. And I was like, I turn around, I said, what? And he's like, your story last night, you talked about Ryan Smith being the Oilers first rounder from 94. Bonsignor went fourth. And he says it loud enough to me that everybody else can hear total like just put me right in my place i was like all right fair enough uh, like like ruben was that guy he'd, he'd keep everybody around him honest he wasn't afraid to fire shots it was a gruff exterior but the man had a big heart the man loved his family and uh and that was definitely a tough one today greg's i do have to say my friend uh you did an exceptional job today you had uh hours and hours of programming to do on the fly, I can only imagine the lump you had in your throat. Uh, the tribute that you managed to pull off in real time uh, on, on John Short and on Robin Brownlee. I heard you had uh, John's son on the show. I know how hard that was for you today. You did a wonderful job. Thanks for joining us tonight. And always notable that when his time came to an end at the Edmonton Sun, you totally had Robin Brownlee's back. He became a big part of Oilers Nation. You continued to use him on your show um, you continue to give him a voice. So thank you for that. And great job today, my friend. Well, Hey guys, uh, thanks for giving me the opportunity here today. And thanks for the kind words. I really appreciate it. 
Come Enjoy back and let's talk some let's talk to let's talk some Oilers soon with you. Okay, we'll get together like old times. Yeah, well, hey, but you know they might never lose. So uh, hey, <laughs> no. I have a lot to talk about. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. Gregor. Thank you very Thanks, much. Buddy. We're going to start our podcast now, folks. Uh, Rob Brown is standing by, but once again, John Short, eighty-six years of age. Robin Brownlee, sixty-five. They will take with them the love of their family and their friends, the respect of their colleagues, and they will leave behind well-documented careers and memories, a lifetime of doing something that well, we can only assume they absolutely love. Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products, using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. folks welcome to got your back brought to you by our proud title sponsor sherwood buick gmc come on in check out their massive beautiful showroom the number one gmc dealership in all of canada five years running volume wise and it's easy to see why they take care of their customers they make the experience easy and they've got lots of stock so go see phil and the amazing crew at sherwood buick gmc check them out online as well Coming to you from our Long Shot studio here in Sherwood Park. Long Shots available for corporate events. They are so much more than just golf. As we welcome in Rob Brown, who's finished up his post-game show on 6.30, Chad, with Reed Wilkins. Wonderful uh, conversation there with Jason Greger, remembering John Short and Robin Brownlee. Brown, uh, Brownie, you've been around town a long time. I know you knew both these gentlemen as well. Do you have a thought or two uh, about Robin Brownlee and John Short? Well, I've known Robin Brownlee for 40 years. He was the beat writer for the Kamloops Blazers when I went to Kamloops. So That's right. I've known him. I've known him since uh, when I was a 15-year-old kid in Kamloops and got to reacquaint myself to him when he moved to Edmonton and started working here. Uh, John Short, I obviously know from just playing in the league and coming through Edmonton. I got a quick story about him. When we played here one night against the Oilers, I was with Pittsburgh. Uh, we actually stayed overnight, didn't leave till the next day. So we'd gone, I'd gone home to my mom's house here in St. Albert. And I was one of the stars that night. And when we got to the house, just like you guys were talking, radio's on, John Short post-game show. And in the, in the post-game, John Short said something that it must have been Rob Brown's parents that picked the stars. He wasn't as good as other players. And he's going on and on about this. And to me, it doesn't bother me. I don't care. But my sister was there. And we're sitting in the kitchen listening to this. And all of a sudden, I'm looking around. I can't find my sister. I'm like, where'd Krista go? So I, I can hear her in the background. So I run into the bedroom. She's on the phone. She called the John Short Show. And she said, this is Rob Brown's sister. I want to talk to John Short. And I grabbed the phone from her. You're not talking to John Short. Just as I grab it, hi, this is John Short. Is this Rob Brown's sister? I'm like, well, actually, uh, John, this is Rob Brown now. And I said, oh, oh, no. what's going on? I said, well... John, I got to be honest. My family's not happy about what you said on the radio about me tonight. Oh, Brownie, we go back. Yeah. So went on. We had a conversation. And then over the years, I got to know him more and more. And eventually, uh, he had a golf tournament for years. And I would volunteer every year at his golf tournament. I would play one of the holes, and people would come through. But I always was out there. And I, I remember when he was at Northlands, when he was at the racetrack, he would do his show from the racetrack. 
but I always went out there. But the first time I ever really talked to him was on his show as my sister was about to call and yell at him. Unreal. <laughs> wow. That's having your back big time, hey? But... <laughs> my sister always had my back 100%. Oh, man. Yeah, tough day, tough day. But in honor of both of those guys, because they would have both loved to talk about this game, that was a heck of a hockey game. The Oilers pick up, you know, matching a franchise best with their ninth straight victory. So, gentlemen, let's get to breaking it down. Brought to you by Mr. Dirk, the iconic men's clothing store, founded in 1939. wonder if John Short ever shot there. Probably did at some point with a stop by Mr. Dirk. You got everything you need for every aspect of your wardrobe. They're a one-stop shop for all your clothing needs. Visit mrdirk.com. Boy, they almost got goalied. Hey, Struds? Like, almost. That guy came to play. Yeah, he played a good game. There's no doubt about it. Um, but the owners didn't get rattled. You, you don't seem as impressed as me. You downplayed uh, but, that a little. Uh, who, who about their goalie? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I, I, I think that. Yeah, Did you he, sense he played that, well. I sense that. I sensed it too. I, I thought the goalie was excellent in this game. I thought the only <laughs> yeah. reason this game was even exciting or entertaining late yeah. in the game was because of Alex Lyon. But nope. I mean, Struds. I mean, I, I Listen, can't wait. Okay, this is what I'm going to say: is that you know, even though Picker didn't have a ton of ton of shots against, he made the save of the game to keep it tight. And I think that we have to recognize on Fabry's goal, he reached across with his blocker, gets a, just the slightest mm -hmm. bit of it, and it doesn't go in. That would have been a game changer. So, you know, I think that, you know, I get it. Yeah, he played well. He played well, but I thought Pickard made the save of the game at the crucial moment. And that's, I think we've heard from some people on this panel about the uh, Oilers goaltender needing to make a save at the, the changes, the complex, uh, the complexion of the game. And we get that. And you two are singing the praises about someone that will probably be in uh, Russia next year or, or in Europe. And instead of recognizing the play of Calvin Pickard. Actually, I think Alex Lyon is, will be with the Detroit Red Wings next year. He's been very good. He just won three straight in California. Now he's come home, stood on his head tonight. The only reason this was a game was because of Alex Lyon. Pickard was good. And that save on Fabry, fantastic. And it was a subtle save. Because, I mean, I was waiting for the horn to go. I thought the puck went in. Same. And I was like, okay, yeah, hey, the horn's going to come. It's going to yeah. come. I'm like, seriously? That right. never went in the net? Uh, Pickard was good. A quality start. I mean, think about it. He's 4-2 and two with a goals against average under 3. I think his save percentage is still over 900. And he's a third-string goalie. He's their, their minor league goaltender. Right. He, is, he has been fantastic. He's given them quality start after quality start. And, again, I agree. That... That if that goes in, it's two nothing. And I thought on a very ill-advised coach's challenge. But if that goes in, it's two nothing. I think the Edmonton Oilers are a little hard pressed coming back in this game the way Lyon was playing. Okay, press pause here. Okay. Um, so the coach's challenge. Let's get to that. Um, we could beat around the goaltending thing. I, I agree with what you're saying though. Like on a night where Lyon clearly showed up to play, Struddy at the other end, Calvin Pickard was watching that guy going, oh. This guy is a gamer tonight, and I thought he did a good job with way less shots, elevating, matching, and I thought he was really good tonight. So, Struds, I was going to give him his credit, too, but I thought Lyon was okay. a massive, massive story tonight. Fair? Can we agree? Can we move on? You're good with that? I, I took the words out of your guys' mouth. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> sorry, because I, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it before. I heard us talking about the, the Red Wings. But we'll, let's just move on. Let's not, we'll just let's move not get on. bogged down. 
I, I just, I came in with energy. I'm like, they almost got Gollard struds. Whoa. Hey buddy. And you're like, yeah, it was fun. Uh, okay. The challenge. Listen, can you criticize him for not challenging one night? Yep. And then criticizing him for challenging the next, the lack yep. of aggression that he showed last time. What I said was, what's the point of having a baller penalty kill? If you can't make some challenges that might be 50, 50. So tonight clearly contact was made with the glove. And Outside you can argue where he was in the crease. I was okay with the challenge when your penalty kill is that good, Brownie. You're no. okay to make some challenges like no, that. No, I, I think they should have challenged the other night. I, I 100%. But tonight, that was obvious. I mean, that was obvious that it was going to be a goal. Uh, he was outside the crease. It, it, I mean, it took the referees 10 seconds. So to me, it was if they get scored on their end, very, very they close to getting scored on. Um, that would have uh, that would have been the end of the game. So to me, there was zero chance that that one was going to be turned over. So I thought it was um, a risky challenge at best. So no, I wouldn't have challenged that one because it was obvious it was going to be a goal. Well, it was interesting to hear uh, Chris Knobloch talk post game and say that yeah, we went that, over a yes. bunch of stuff. We went over a bunch of goals, uh, reviewable goals uh, yesterday. And we kind of thought we saw one that was like that. I remembered that one. So that's why I challenged it. And our, and our penalty killing is good. So kind of what you said there, Shogger. So um, I don't know. I I didn't. I, I honestly don't really know what goalie interference is anymore. So I I, I, I had a sense it was, it was going to be a goal. But if you want to roll the dice, I mean, he, it doesn't seem like a risky guy. Uh, but he, he makes the call and goes for it. So I, I, I thought it would be a goal, though. Yeah, it was. I was okay with him challenging. I was sitting there watching it going, there's no way he's not challenging this. After letting that one go the other day, he's challenging this and it might be 2 nothing as a result of this. I, I was fine with the fact that he went ahead and did it, though, and because I think, like I said before, he's got a penalty kill that he can rely on and trust, and yeah. I was okay with it. So we'll agree to disagree, and that makes for half-decent podcasting. 47 shots, the orders pepper at them. Uh, and Zach Hyman continues to rock and roll here, but to that McDavid dangle and Deke Brownie, like that was, <laughs> that was fantastic. And this team had to stick with it, man, because that had to be frustrating. That goalie was on everything. Well, and the others, the, the others should be used to it. Cause it's been a number of games this year where they dominated the shot clock yet. They look up and they're either tied or, or behind. Uh, I, the best part about the McDavid goal wasn't the move in front of the net, which was incredible. The hands were amazing, and the goaltender line had no chance. It was the play made at the blue line. I, I, I don't know who was coming out of the zone. I don't think it was Hyman, but someone was coming out of the zone. And Connor McDavid came over. He knew that the puck was in first. He lifted his stick to make sure that the player came out before he touched the puck so that it wouldn't be offside. And everyone in Edmonton remembers the Kale McCarr goal. Everyone in Edmonton saw the other night with Leon Dreisett on the offside. So Connor McDavid, while going 1,000 miles an hour, still in his mind knew, okay, don't touch the puck, don't touch the puck, he's over now. And then he went in, and it's funny, because all the Red Wings thought he was offside. The one Red Wing defenseman he went by actually had his hand in the air. The two or three other guys quit skating, but Connor didn't, and then he made the, the goaltender look silly. So it's almost unfair that a guy can go that fast, and his, fan, his hands can move that fast back and forth, and his mind is going slow. So he's watching himself do it in slow motion. Absolutely mm -hmm. no chance for Alex Lyon on that one. 
Yeah, two things, guys. Number one, I can't stand it when players lift their hands in the air. That's not your job. Keep your hands on the ground. Let the refs and linesmen do that. Number two, I'm not surprised that two offensively-minded players like yourselves are only thinking about the offense and what happened to the goal. The last nine games, the Oilers have given up 16 goals. That is unbelievable uh, defensive hockey. That is, I'm so happy to see that. It was 0-0 after two, two periods. And they didn't go. In the past, we've seen this team go for it. Got to start taking risks. Got to make things happen, guys. They haven't done that. And they're really limiting chances. Like, how many really good chances did Detroit have tonight? Even think back against the Senators or, or pre, uh, the last nine games, bottle it all up together, and there's not very many chances. So what Knobloch has done is he got these guys to believe in how to play better defensive hockey, better structured in their own zone, making it harder for other teams to get in there. And they're being patient. And it's working. So listen, I, I get it. We want to talk. Yeah, no, let's <laughs> Shoggy, talk no, about Shoggy. the game so Shoggy, again. Next time you ask me the question, you're gonna have yeah. to you're gonna have to say. So Brownie, the incredible goal that Connor McDavid scored. That's gonna yeah. be on every highlight reel tonight. Yeah. Instead of talking about that, let's talk about the lack of chances Detroit had. That's more fun because so, that's is it sexy, just me, Brownie. Is it just me or is Struddy channeling his inner Robin Brownlee a little oh, and coming oh, no. in hot at his coworkers? Old grumpy, grumpy hey, pants oh, over there. I, I am not. But you guys, hey. you guys always want to talk about this. Like, let's talk about the. Wow. That's the low hanging fruit. Everyone saw McDavid's goal. My had dog. I wrapped the segment. Had I wrapped up the segment and been like, "We're done now," and you'd be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." I, but this like the second what, thing, the second topic. You disagreed I, with the first one, and yeah. then you derailed the second one. <laughs> it's okay. That is fair. I am coming in it hot today. You're but coming I have in an hot. agenda. I have you know an what? agenda tonight. I want to get across to you too. Okay, so we let's okay. Let's talk about. Did you see tonight? Dayarnay went off the glass and out. It was a Strudwick special. I think <laughs> we got to go on and on about it. I I buried the lead. That's where I should have started. I should have no, started there. No, Struddy, yeah. lots going on tonight, but boy, that Vinny Dayarnay. That's okay. that's okay. the headline. So you two guys are now being unreasonable. I'm gonna have to just do this by myself, obviously okay. tonight. Make your point. And that's fine. Go. There are some nights. Get on board, guys. I've carried you guys for most of the pods this year, anyways. So, but what my my point is this: is that we are now seeing a team that has is what we've been wanting at the end. And the last year, I, I was saying this team has to learn how to feel comfortable in low-scoring games, and they've done it. They've done what I've asked them to do. Now, I don't know if it was what I said or if it was their new coaching staff, but they're doing it, and they're doing it the right way because we know they'll be able to score. But, Brownie, more importantly than that is they're doing it, and they're winning the right way. And that They are just doing tears what I asked them to do. I, I can see between periods. Connor, hey, Leon, guys. Struddy said we got to play better defensively. Let's not get stressed out because I, I watched Struddy on a podcast and he said, if we yeah. start playing better in low scoring games, you know, what? I know that you want to go end to end, Connor. Don't do it. Off the glass and out. Off the glass and out. We'll get our break. No, exactly no, what they're talking about. No, mine isn't unskilled hockey. Mine is smart, thoughtful hockey. And that is what I preach. Yeah. And that's, I've been saying that. I've been saying that since, well, let's go get the tapes, get the VCR out. <laughs> We'll hear about what I said last year. And this is this is finally come. So my work's done here. Where else? What do I have to do hey, now? Fix the handshake. You're the one that said the Oilers were gonna go nine and five. They gotta lose the next five games. Uh, we're not out of the woods yet. <laughs> <laughs> they are so far out of the freaking they're woods, not, buddy. They're not out of the woods yet. The Struds is absolutely fired up, and he is right about the defensive game. There it is. However, 
McDavid oh. is absolutely bananas, as always. Guys, I do have to acknowledge we're currently hitting a new milestone here on the live stream. We have never had the number of people on the live stream that we have here tonight with us. So we just want to take a minute and say thank you for joining us live. That's a fantastic number. Okay. We're over 400, and that's great. I think I'm supposed to ask everybody to hit the like button all at once, but I'm not going to put you to work. If you want to, I guess that helps our, our algorithm which I think uh, helps us out overall on the podcast. But thanks for joining us. And we got tons still ahead on the podcast. We're not Hold done on, breaking I, this down yet. Can yeah. I say something? Yeah, for all no. the you're welcome. I'm bringing it tonight in honor <laughs> of you guys. I'm not sure what the other two guys are doing, but I got you. I have got your back tonight. All the listeners, you're welcome. That's that's what everybody wants on a team with McDavid and Drysaddle. Struddy bringing the defensive conscience in his analysis on a you night where David goes nuclear with Do a goal you like want that. To win, that's all I'm going to say. You're welcome. Nine in a row. I how can I be this right? What else am I right about? I got to check you my. You said they were going to go four or nine and five. Ah. I was I was on a roll that night. <laughs> you were on a roll that night. You were having a night that night too. Why is it when the three of us get together that this happens to you, Struddy? It's dynamic. No, it is two on one, but that's fine. Did you guys? Uh, yeah, I've got it. I've got you. You're welcome, listeners. You're welcome. How about a little bit of love here for Darnell Nurse and the overtime winner? The guy's good in overtime. I mean, he just shot the puck into an open net, but big goal for him. And once again, Zach Hyman, just doing Zach Hyman things, driving the net, Brownie. The guy is just on fire in an insane way right now, unlike Strud's. Well, <laughs> well all three players on the ice there made great plays. Hyman took the puck to the net. A lot of guys, if you see in overtime, they're getting pushed to the outside. They'll go behind the net, go on the perimeter, and wait for a better opportunity. Hyman took the puck to the net. Nugent Hopkins stayed in front. The fact that he stayed there and kind of pestered, I believe it was Raymond, forced Raymond to turn the puck over. And then Nurse comes in, and that wasn't an open net. He went up and over top of the goal. So that was a great shot. Nurse, again, Nurse is playing the best hockey of his career. He has been fantastic since, uh, since Paul Coffey helped out on the, on the defense. Uh, this team, as Strutty says, is playing better defensively. They're not giving up the odd man breaks, yet it's not taking away from their offense. They're, they're, they're creating. They're pushing the pace. They're pressuring. And the, they're putting the opposition under an um, incredible amount of stress, game in, game out. And eventually, it will wear the other team down. Sometimes it takes to the 60th minute or into the 63rd minute to win hockey games. But it's a combination of great offensive players playing a very smart defensive game, as Shreddy said. But Darnell Nurse, in, we've been watching him for a number of years. And he always, there's things that he always brings. He always brings a physicality. He always brings a, a toughness. He'll block shots. He'll do whatever it takes. I think he's playing smarter now. And when he, when he starts playing smarter as he has been lately, he becomes that much more effective. He has been outstanding in the last 20, 25 games. It's amazing what happens when I raise my game. Brownie finds a way to raise his level as well. <laughs> and that's an incredible comment. I have nothing more to say. You just you nailed it about Zach Hyman and, and Darnell Nurse. Well done. And you're Thank taking you, credit. You're taking credit for Brownie's good thoughts because you he's He's trying to match this incredible bar that you're setting. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to our relentless player of the game brought to you by You Can Youth Services. It's an Edmonton charity relentless in helping youth age 16 to 24 get out of harm's way and get back into the workforce. They've got a great program that they put them through, get them back on their feet and out into the workforce. 
Visit youcan.ca to see how your donation can change lives. Right here in our community, Got Your Back is a monthly donor, and we highly encourage you to do the same. Struddy, you're on fire tonight, so you get the tap. Who is the relentless player of the night? Well, I think we do have to recognize the contributions of a certain netminder for Detroit Red Wings. You're um, not. <laughs> you're not going to give it to him after you threw a big bucket of cold water on the segment. You donkey. You're going to do it too, aren't you? All right, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I knew that. Sorry, guys. Stop. Just I'm playing you guys right now like a puppet master. Oh, yeah. Call me Geppetto. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Making yourself look great in the process. <laughs> I will give it to Alex Lyon. I think he played really well. He did play well tonight. But I'm not going to anoint him, uh, you know, uh, Vesna winner like some people on the panel tonight. Uh, yeah, he was good, man. I I, I love like the pad. He had the pads going early on in that game. The Oilers came. They showed up to play tonight. Like they mm -hmm. were rocking and rolling. How about Drysaddle tonight, Brownie? He had a little extra something, something in his step. I I noticed tonight. A few times blasting up ice, wanting the puck. Some aggressive back checks. That behind the back pass to oh. Fogle was ridiculous. Oh, one time the punch or puck four, and one time the puck. If he one times it, oh, that's, I know. that's in the net. He's I know, and instead it goes in at the other end, didn't it? Yes, yeah. so, uh, yeah, Drysaddle, I mean, uh, the point production wasn't there, but uh, Drysaddle did bring it, and uh, they they need that. Uh, they've got two incredible lines right now, and they got the, the bottom six trying to figure themselves out, but Leon was on his game tonight. Brown, do you think Kane finishes that pass from, from Leon? Does Probably. he have that well, shot in his toolbox? Yeah, yeah Kane, Kane's a, he, he's a more of a goal scorer. He's a proven goal he's scorer. He's got and it's a great shot. And that's on the offside where I'd have Kane yeah. playing on his offside and he would have put the puck in the net. So, <laughs> <laughs> so smart. But, you, but you, yes, I do believe uh, Kane, a guy that is a proven goal scorer, knows you don't stop the puck in that situation. And Leon put it in the perfect spot. Sweet. You know, I mean, that was an incredible pass. Incredible pass. All right. Great breakdown, guys. Uh, fantastic job. Lots more to come on the podcast, guys. Oiler Nation wants the conversation, so we are going to have it. Two conversations after the break about two topics that are pretty hot right now. One, Leon Dreisaitl's comments about his contract in Mark Spector's article. Two, Corey Perry and the potential that the Edmonton Oilers are potentially looking into that. We all heard Stoff during the broadcast tonight say what he had to say. So those two topics are coming up in takeaways coming up right after the break. And a quick reminder, Rob Brown's appearance on the podcast is brought to you by Kinprint, a local family-owned company with decades of experience filling any and all of your promotional apparel and embroidery needs. Visit kinprint.ca. So we got the apparel in the works we got the prototype hats being built. Not yes. sure if you saw the tweet today, but we put out a few different options. Zuby, can you grab that for, we'll do that right at the end of takeaways. We'll show people what the options are because people on the stream have been asking us constantly about the apparel. So we'll show you some options and chat about them and lots coming up in takeaways. Say goodbye to unruly hair and hello to a smooth and silky back in minutes with Backscape. Shave your back solo with no mess with Backscape's water-resistant long handle and patented six-blade design, leaving you with a no-mess shaving experience all in less than five minutes. Shop now for 40% off select kits just for you, our Got Your Back listeners, and make 2024 your year to elevate your grooming routine. Are you ready to elevate your moving experience? 
Trusted for over 100 years, Ferguson Moving and Storage are your partners in relocation, ensuring your journey is smooth and stress-free. And say goodbye to surprises with Ferguson's transparent flat rate pricing. Contact them now for a free moving quote and use the promo code FERGUSON to receive $100 off your next move. Visit fergusonmoving.com and let them lift your expectations. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Just ask Shogger. Pathfind is here to help you find your next star player to help take your business to the next level. Pathfind can help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching. They truly have your whole team covered. Building you a championship caliber roster, find your team's path forward at pathfind.ca. All right, let's get into takeaways brought to you by Redefined Health. If you're feeling unhappy with your overall level of health, you have to try their wellness lifestyle program. Really unique 90-day program, including daily meal plan, exercise regimen, video instruction and support, pre- and post-assessment to help you monitor your progress, all for 150 bucks To help change the way you are functioning and feeling day-to-day, visit RedefinedHealth.com. All right, guys, uh, the Corey Perry situation. Lots of chatter around Oiler Nation about if he would be a good fit, if he should be a good fit, and if the Edmonton Oilers should potentially be interested in him. The one thing that I just I want to say first here, because there's the hockey side and then there's you know everything else that's going on around Corey Perry, um, but we have to have both conversations at the same time. So I think that it's incumbent on any organization that's going to look to bring in Corey Perry to do some pretty significant due diligence, get a sense of what happened with the situation in Chicago, talk to the Chicago Blackhawks about it, um, potentially offer to speak with anybody who might have been involved in that situation, get their feelings on it, just see what kind of reparations have been made. We don't know exactly what happened, so we don't want to over-speculate. But I do think a big part of this is understanding something went down serious enough for his contract to be terminated. Getting to the bottom of that as much as you can and finding out if the proper steps have been taken with the aggrieved parties to move forward and for, you know, if Corey Perry has has in fact taken those steps. I believe that's part of this. And that's where this could potentially start and end, quite frankly. And then the hockey conversation comes after that, Struds. Well, there's no doubt about it, and that's that's the work that they have to do. They got to do the background work. And it's it's you want you want to just explore everything. And get to know you don't want surprises. You know, let, let's assume that he assigns with them and they're in the second round of playoffs and something comes up. Like that is not what you want. You want to know everything you can so there are no surprises, right? And feel comfortable with what has been done and what he's done to unravel that, to, to make it better. As far as on the ice, I mean, I remember a few years ago when he was leaving the Ducks, um, I think we were talking to the Gregor show. They said, do you think he can play? I said, no, I think he's lost his foot speed. Well, obviously I was right about that. You know, here, here we are. The guy's, he's played a lot lately and he's done well. So obviously I nailed it on that one. So maybe foot speed isn't what makes Corey Perry special, right? There's other parts of the game. I would like to see another player like Kane who drags his team into games or maybe they're a little sleepy uh, and, and can get uh, irritating um, results from the other team. So, I like that about him. I don't know how much he'd play in the top six, 
But I like that element he brings. Uh, another player you talked about, Chogger, was Pat Maroon, who also does that. You need mm-hmm. to have a little bit of antagonism. I think if they do that, it draws the attention away from the big boys and it sucks it towards maybe your your your, your other type of players, Brownie. Well, to go to the first part that Shogger talked about, in all honesty, you should be doing that with every player you sign. I mean, you got to do a background check. I mean, that's every player. There's you, you don't want any surprises. Now, obviously, this one's much more obvious because, I mean, it, whatever he did was bad enough that he actually didn't even try to get the money. There was no appeal to get mm-hmm. his contract. He's like, all right, I'll take take my lumps. As for the player, I've been saying for about five years, I, Corey Perry is the exact player the Oilers need. He, the way he plays the game, uh, he's everything that you want come playoff time. Now, the, the one issue that I think that they would have is, does Corey Perry want to play here? Because if he plays here, Corey Perry's he doesn't penalty kill. There's no power play here for Corey Perry to be on. They've got one unit, Zach Hyman's on it. Evander Kane can't take Zach Hyman off the power play. Yeah. So does he want to come here and be a fourth-line guy that may, plays seven, eight minutes a night because he's not getting power play or penalty killing time so that's something that he would look into before he decides because i would think there would be a very big market for Corey perry he went to was it three stanley cup finals in a row or four or something along that line he's a guy that you want on your team come playoff time that's just on ice i'm not talking off ice yeah but it, there's going to be other teams lined up i think Corey perry is also going to be looking for something that a team that has a chance to win but also where he can contribute nobody wants to come and sit on a bench and be a cheerleader so I think I'm not sure there'll be quite the lineup that you're suggesting, Rob, with the information that currently exists and is currently out there. Um, the script is yet to be written a little bit on the appeal process. I believe that's still potentially a possibility through through the Players Association. We'll kind of see where that goes. Um, and the point is made, he never had to go meet with Gary Batman, right? It wasn't like there was this big league investigation. But I mean, quite frankly, why did there need to be that the team terminated his contract and that was it? So um, I think that teams would be wary. Uh, Strud's made a great point there. You don't want surprises. Mm -hmm. And I think you need to know what the nature of what happened was. Mm -hmm. You need to know if the parties involved, if there were reparations made, if there are still aggrieved parties, how they might feel by, you know, these steps being taken. Because what you don't want is, you know, if there are still some parties as a result of whatever happened, um, you know, that that don't feel that the right steps were taken, then you end up potentially with issues if that person were ever decided to go public or if, you know, maybe there's other stuff. Teams don't like surprises. And so yep. not enough sunlight has bleached this situation yet. And I think teams will be very, very wary. And I think that the order should be too. So in, in, la- you know, with, in light of that lack of information, I think teams will proceed cautiously. The other point I'll make here is I don't know that Corey Perry would choose in this situation to roll into a Canadian, Canadian market city, yeah. with all of the spotlight that comes with being in a Canadian city and the media frenzy and all of those things. I would think Corey Perry's play would potentially be likely going to be in and around that league minimum. If you can find someone that's going to do that deal and go to a place where it's a lot different than it is in here and in Toronto and in you know other Canadian cities that that to my sense is that would be the most likely scenario and whether the orders are actually interested or not I'm sure they're curious and I would be too if I were them to want to know the breadth of the whole situation Strads I'd be stunned if he came north of the border that might be I mean he's he's done it before right uh didn't he play in Montreal 
Yeah, yeah but, but this, he, is different. this is different because now the situation is different. Yes, I, I get it. But he has some experience in doing it. You know, I think that for players that have never played in Canada, uh, they have not, have no issues. It can be a little intimidating to come here. Um, and there's no doubt that Mo, wherever he goes, there'll always be the question marks lingering around. What what was it? What happened? Uh, whether it's media, fans, even teammates will want to wonder, like, why? What happened there? You know, everything was going along fine. They just changed. So I, I hear what you're saying, Shogger, and I get it. But I, I, I think that the fact that he played in uh, one of the bigger markets in Canada, um, at least he has some experience in what it could be like. Well, that, that also might be one of the reasons he doesn't come because he's had that experience that, and understands that you're under a yeah. spotlight. And all of a sudden you come to Edmonton. I mean, it's a little bigger spotlight than if he went to Tampa or if he went to yeah, Florida or something along that line where your hockey is page nine. And yeah, we got Corey Perry and three quarters of the market doesn't know who Corey Perry is. So it would be easier to go into an American city when you've got whatever's hanging over his head. Okay, let's move on from that, guys, and we'll see what develops on that front uh, in the coming weeks. Leon Dreisaitl sat down uh, with Mark Spector while they were on the road, and uh, you know, Spect fired a bunch of questions at him about the potential of the upcoming contract and the negotiation. There were some some clips in there that definitely caught the attention of Oiler Nation. I'm going to read a couple of the ones that were fairly poignant to me. Let's just go through it here. It's important to go through it and have the context. I know the situation can come July 1, but there's another side to it as well. You know, the Oilers have a say in this as well, come July 1st at least. After that, it's up to me. At the end of the day, he's going to do what's best for him, talking about Connor, and I'm going to do the same thing for me. We've had a lot of success together, and we would like to have more success as a team, of course. I'm sure at some point there's going to be some conversations. But at the end of the day, he's going to do what's best for him, and I'm going to do what's best for me. Twice. There's a lot of that. Uh, there's a lot of thought, a lot of conversation that goes into it, the upcoming contract. With family, agents, of course. Right now, I think everyone wants me to focus on playing. Now, this one is interesting. Of course, I want to finish the job. That's why I pour my heart, my emotions, my body language sometimes, which I thought was funny, by the way, <laughs> into it every day. That's the way I'm wired. I care a lot. Of course, I want to finish the job, and I want to finish it here. But there are lots of things that go into it. Lots of things that play a role in these situations. At the end of the day, I'm going to give you the boring answer again. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Mm -hmm. That the bulk of Leon Dreisaitl's comments about his contract. Struds, what do you think? What What do people want him to say? Right. What 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 do, what do we? fans wanting that he's going to just say I'll take anything I'll just come back right away or Connor and I are you know we're going to ride or die whatever that saying is you know like I I think he played it pretty well I, I don't think he really said much I, I would agree that it's two massive contracts and they have to do what's best for themselves um, do I think there'll be con uh, some contact between the two of them 100% I, I do I do think there'll be some talking but I, I don't really think anything of it you know, because so much can happen in 18 months. You know, he can, they can win two Stanley Cups and then they leave for sure. They can win no Stanley Cups, so they can leave for sure. Like I, I, we're so far away that I, I just have a hard time getting worked up about comments from a, a small hotel in Detroit in the middle of June or middle of January, uh, Brownie. Well, to me, it was a story about a non-story in all honesty. I mean, there's, there's, it's not like, okay, you have to sign by the end of next week. 
it's July 1st. It's it's the first time that he has meaningfully discussed well, but yeah, a but he, contract yeah, that is of yeah. monumental importance to the organization. 100% so it is. value there. It, well, but again, it's, I mean, it's like saying I'm going to Mexico in September. What's the weather like? I don't know. I guess we'll get, when we get closer, then we'll take a look at it. I mean, this is July first. We're worried about. There's. I don't know, fellas. To I me, I, to me, I think it's a non-story. I really mm -hmm. do. I mean, I think as we get closer, because we, what happens between now and July first, we'll have a big play in what happens when it comes contract time. If the Oilers go into the first round and lose out to somebody, and Leon has struggles, or Leon's just okay in the first round, uh, do the Oilers want to give him? $100 million or whatever it is that they're going to have to give him. So to me, it, I thought he handled it. As Shred said, I thought he handled it perfect. I thought the, the questions, they said, well, are you, are you is this something that you and uh, Connor will talk about? Well, he will do what he has to, and I'll do what I have to do. And that's exactly what you're going to do. I mean, it's not going to say, okay, we're going to sign together. We're going to get it. with Here's the pie, and we're going to decide how we're going to cut up the pie. And he gets this part, and I get that part. Again, I, I, honest to God, think it's a non-story that will become a huge story when we get to the end of the season when decisions have to be made. Okay, I'm going to make one point here, and then you guys will chase me off the air, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Shane Matheson, by the way, chiming in saying, um, where was that? I'm going with ex-players over press on this one. Sorry, Shogger. Fair enough, Shane <laughs> Matheson. I'm going to make a point here, though, guys. And I'm not going to make this out to be more than it needs to be, Struddy. You know which category I'm going to put it in, Struds? Notable. It's in the notable category. <laughs> Think about William Nylander when he was mm. asked about this. Think about John Tavares when he was asked about it. Think about Steven Stamkos when he was asked about it. In this same time frame, months before they could even negotiate. You know what we heard from them? Nope. I love it here. I want to be here. Didn't hurt their negotiations at all. William Lee Nylander didn't hurt himself at all by making it clear. Said it would be his dream to sign long-term here. Mm -hmm. Now, Leon Dreisaitl is a different personality. Maybe he thinks about negotiation in a different way. Maybe there are things he would just never say in this situation because of that. And that just might very well be the case. But notable in his absence was the word like, love, anything to do with how he feels about his time here. And I guarantee uh, that there would have been a tee up for that. Was, and, was he asked? And it wasn't there. Was yeah. he asked? He was asked, there do you was, love it in Edmonton? Some, under, yeah, there was opportunity for him to have. There was opportunity or was he asked, do you love it in Edmonton? It's not in the article, Brownie. If he said it, it would have been in the article, right? Yeah, so, so that's what I mean. Like maybe Nylander's, hey, do you love it here? I do love it here. I mean, that'd be like Strud's. Hey, Strud, do you love Edmonton? I do. I love it here. See, there you but, go. Because I asked him. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, Shogger. How can a guy comment on something this big when he doesn't even know who he's negotiating with? What do you mean? Who's the GM going to be in July 1st? Do you know? Oh, wow. that's a good I mean, one, Jason Strudwick. You're on your game tonight, Struds. I take everything I, I was thinking in my head back. I've been bringing it all night. I've been How bringing it all night. I'm going to log off. Leon How is he going to hurt Leon Dreisaitl to go... You know what? I, I've I've loved my time here in Edmonton. It's been great. You know, I've really enjoyed it here. I would love to continue playing for the team, but you never know what'll yeah. happen, and I got to do what's right for me or my family. The players say these things all yeah. the time in this exact okay. 
situation. That is notable to me. Okay, I'll concede that point. He didn't say that, but I, I, I just, you know, I, I, you're asking me to say, well, or he, he you're, you know, he, you want him to say something, commit when he doesn't even know who the GM is. No, don't want him to commit. I just, so I, I just, I, I don't understand how, you know, asking him at a time where you don't even know who you'll be negotiating with on July first. I don't think that makes. I, I, what kind of answer do you want me to give? I just don't understand what what he would want to be said there. I, I just, well, you know what? There's lots of things to work out. Ken Holland's uh, contract's going to be up then. We'll see how things go in the in the time. Whatever our team look like, like all these things are decisions you have to make that that move forward. I, I I'm sorry. I, I just, I, I to me, it's it's not a big deal at all. I'm glad it's out because now the first one is done and well job by yep. uh, well done by Spectre. But I like. John Tavares, did he say that before he left Long Island? Did he I interviewed John Tavares at the All-Star game the year before he was like ready to negotiate. And yeah, man, and guys say it. all the time. Guys say all the time. Stamkos, he said that Tavares, in Long Island? Uh, Nylander. Did, um, did, yeah. did Tavares say it in Long Island that he loved yeah, Long Island? Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty yeah. positive. I mean, okay, I, but I don't then, want but to then he did, But then he didn't he stay in Long Island. Yeah. I know, but left. that's the thing, guys. I, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying it means he's not going to stay. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. Don't. I'm not going to argue this point so forcefully that I make it a bigger deal than it actually is. To me, it was notable. There was nothing there about how he feels about his time at Edmonton, liking it, loving it, anything like that. Leon Dreisaitl's all business, though. We know that about him, and I believe that's probably why. Tactical, you're not going to give that away. You're not going to say too much. I think you guys are right, but there's a small piece of me. I've done those interviews before. I've talked to players in that situation before. It was notable what wasn't there. You guys can agree to disagree. Lots of people on the stream are. Davin says, how do I mute the guy on the left? So maybe that right there. You can't, Davin. It's my podcast. I get to talk all I want. Uh, anyways, that was takeaways. Great discussion, guys. Thank you. Brought to you by Redefined Health. When we come back, Brownie, you've been waiting all day for it. All week I, for it. I drove as fast as I could in cold, cold weather to make sure that I could get in here. <laughs> got a good seat. I got my tonic water here. Oh. And geez, I am pretty pumped. About what is it called again? Strides Earth. What did he call it again? Strides World. Strides World. Okay. Don't pretend you don't know. <laughs> Other side of the break. Strides World coming up. Time to talk about your mortgage. It doesn't have to be a daunting conversation. With over 16 years in the industry, Maria Gallus with Maximal Mortgages knows how to make it easy. With access to dozens of different lenders, let Maria customize the perfect solution for you. Whether you're purchasing, refinancing, or renewing, or a first-time buyer, Maria's simplistic approach and expert advice will have you feeling confident you're in great hands making informed decisions. Take the stress out of your mortgage journey. Contact Maria Gallus at mortgagesbymaria.ca. That's mortgagesbymaria.ca. The Edmonton Sport and Social Club spring season is set to go in May, and registration is just around the corner. Team up with your pals to play in slow pitch, beach volleyball, outdoor soccer, ultimate frisbee, and even cornhole leagues to keep the spring months full of excitement. Spring leagues begin in May. Registration opens on February 8th. Visit edmontonsportsclub.com for more details. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here. Someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Guy, look good. <laughs> <laughs>
Headline here on the web from our competitor at TSN over at Sportsnet. Looking for the date on this. Big picture of John Tavares on pending free agency. Quote, I want to stay on Long Island. Apparently not that badly. January 2016, 2018. (laughs) Guys have said it before is all. I don't think that reinforces your point, (laughs) Shogger. Probably should have have found a Stamkos quote, eh? (laughs) That would have been better. I'm taking a beating, too, on the... uh, on the Weiss Johnson YouTube stream, people think I just got absolutely taken to the woodshed in that segment. And maybe I did. Time now for Strutty's World, brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. They got locations in Calgary and Edmonton. If you're a contracting business or a contractor, let DLR help you add vinyl fence to your product line. See why they have been going strong since 2005. Reliable, unmatched service with high-quality North American-made products. Visit dlrvinylproducts.ca. Should I play the clip with my brother one more time? He texted me today. He's like, you talk so much. Thanks for giving me a chance. And it goes all the way back to when we were kids. Andre the Giant and, and Hercules Hernandez. Well, folks, that's the news at the sports and the weather for today. Till then, see you tomorrow. Until then, I'm Ryan Rashog. And Robbie Rashog. Starting off. Struds, do you feel his pain a little bit? Do you feel like that too? Were you trying to do that in a Mickey Mouse voice? <laughs> he had helium I first. Child. <laughs> I was a child. I, I, I was like, I, I thought it was Mickey, man, but Minnie Mouse. I, I couldn't hear it quite. I got to lean in a little more. All right. Do Struddy's world. Up until three days ago, I'd never used a shovel with a metal grill on it. And I'll tell you what, guys, it changed my life. Absolutely changed my life. There's only two other times I can think about it. One is when I had kids. And the the time before that is when I used my wife's legs razor on my face. I haven't stopped using it since. I think the proof is in the pudding. But when you look and use that that metal one, I've used a metal one that was like a batting ram, thick. It wasn't very agile. I've now got the Cadillac of, uh, or Ferrari, I should say, of uh, shovels. It hugs the ground so tightly, it doesn't leave any snow behind it. It's like the snow never happened. It is a changing point for me. I've always used a thick, heavy metal one or a plastic one. Now, the only issue with this metal one, guys, is it's shorter. So old Uncle Strider's got to bend down a little deeper, use a little bit more knees. It's a little bit harder. I used to have a plastic one. It's a little bit longer. It's a lot easier. But I'm wondering if anybody else has had this tight, uh, very low-profile metal one that just cleans off the the, the the cement like nobody's business it is truly a work of art watching me out there shovel driveways watching uncle strutty yeah but i'm bent over i gotta bend over a little more i look like a little crotchety old guy you wearing your tight jeans when you're bending over with your uncle strutty shovel i do but i wear a three-quarter length coat i don't want the neighbors to be eyeballing me <laughs> my eyes are up here that's amazing um do you what about the big long wide ones that allow you to do like half your driveway with one one or two passes strutty where are you at on those big great big shovels well i know the ones now i know some of my friends have the one where they just take a piece of plywood and then they put like a two by four and they push it around and uh, i get it i find it leaves a little bit too much snow behind for my liking but um no i i do know what you mean but i i this, I've never used a, a, a shovel that cleans off the snow this well. It is crazy 
how much the snow comes out. Brownie, do you guys get snow in St. Albert or no? <laughs> no, because our taxpayers' money, they keep snow onto the Edmonton areas and the outskirts. We don't have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. I uh, Well, I know that one that Shogger's talking about. I Those big shovels that you push, I can't lift them when I get the snow on them. Right. So it's like right. the snow just gets pushed, and eventually my driveway gets smaller and smaller and smaller. I don't know. Okay, now, Strati, your kids are 12 now? Your boys? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I've got, my son's 22. He moved out when he was 19. He moved to Vancouver. Between him and my wife, I think they've combined to shovel once in the 20 years that we lived in Edmonton. (laughs) Do your your kids shovel? Because I'm like, hey, Ben, why don't you go and shovel? Oh, Dad, you know, my back's sore. Oh, no, don't worry about it, buddy. I got this one. And I'm out there in my stupid shovel. Having said that, I have the nicest neighbor in the world. He's a little bit older than me. I'll get up in the morning, 7 a.m. He's already been out there, snowblowed my driveway, done my sidewalks. So, Kevin, if you're watching tonight, thank you very much. I appreciate it. It saves me being out in minus 33-degree weather. <laughs> That's been some tough shoveling the last few days uh, out in that cold. So, yeah. kudos to you, Strutty. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I missed most of that segment because I was doing some research, guys. Oh boy! It, it was. It was. Points. You didn't miss much, honestly, yeah. Shogger. You missed nothing. <laughs> yeah. This is the best quote I could find. This is the oh, best God, I could do. Even Stamkos, 2015. Like I've always said, I envision myself winning a championship here and want to do that. Drysaddle kind of said the same thing today. Uh, obviously, we got close last year. I'm the captain of this team. I want to be that leader. See, uh, Leon can't say that because he's not the captain, so he can't mm, say that's that. That's true. Yeah, Better that's keep looking. Point. No. I'm going to take the L on this one. Big L on this one. Uh, Zuby, did you get the hats together? Did you get that shot together? Oh, yeah. I got the hats. So we, we've been asked a lot about hats on the stream. Uh, I've been wearing a couple of the original models from Kinprint, but we dug in with them. So we got a couple of different options. Brownie, strutty, discuss. Guys, what do you like? Well, I like C. The ones, those are the ones I like. The, those, my brother and my son, who told me today, they both texted me, said, if you're on the show tonight, they both voted for A. I liked C. Although I like the ones that said, what is it called? What are we called again? Got your back. I like the GYBs. Those are mine. I like you the ones that have the letters. You need to learn the name of this podcast, buddy. I don't care if you don't know what Strutty segment is called. You need to know the name of this damn <laughs> yeah, podcast. But because when Jeez. you guys turn my thing around so that it would be like, so you can read it, it turned the thing also. So now I'm BYG or something like that because it looks backwards to me too. So I have no idea what we are. Strutty, what but are I really here? enjoy being here. So thanks for having me. Now, Strategy, you're not allowed to say golf visor. No, that's fine. I, I've given up. Obviously, not everyone has the classes I do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we have a side text, everybody. And, and Shogger put a bunch, probably twice as many hats as this. And, hey, which ones do you guys like? And Brown and I both said, too, that we liked. They're not and the final They're not option. on there. <laughs> so why ask us, Shogger? Like, why bother? Like, I, now I'm not going to answer anymore. because like, Which ones did you like? The take a lap? Uh, I want to call it this. No, I don't think so. Okay, good. <laughs> Which hat do you like? No, well, I like this one. No, I don't think so. I'm out. I'm just, I'm no longer going to respond. It I, is true. I'm a whip dog. I, I was shocked when you sent out the finals. I'm like, okay, wait a second. Strutty and I, those were, had, they weren't even close to the ones that Strutty and I picked. I'm looking for it. Which one did you like? Do you guys remember? Mine G-Y-B. had GYB on it. The GYB. Oh, we okay. both you guys- said GYB. It was number C. And now I don't see it in the final. So I'm just, I'm not answering anymore. I'm out. I, I just, <laughs> I, I'm I, I'm interested, but I'm not like, like ready to one? die on this hill. Hang but. on, let me see here. This probably isn't going to work. That one? Yeah. Love the GYB oh, in that. the bottom yeah, corner? GYB, yeah. That's you what we saw. like, the GYB. You That's know when we wrote back GYB yeah. and then you said, we don't care? That's Did what we like, the GYBs. All right. 
I, I like the fifth. The fist, the fist bump is our core. <laughs> Is our core logo. Although it was pointed out to me, if it's in the middle of the hat, it'll look like Adidas and we might get sued. So I suppose we should think about that one a little bit too. Uh, Got your back swag coming your way probably in the next three weeks or so. We're continuing to work on it with Kinprint. I'm really picky, so we need to decide. Brownie, that'll wrap you tonight, buddy. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that. Um, And I figured out how to get out of here now. So Let's see it. You guys can't see me. Did you just turn the light enough. off? It's not dark enough. No. Well, Pull your tube can't down see over me. your face. <laughs> I'm gone. <laughs> All right. See you, Brownie. Great job tonight, pal. We'll talk to you uh, uh, sometime soon. Uh, we'll talk to you gonna... after the 10th win. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good, buddy. We're, we're going to take a lap when we come back. I roll commercials now? Oh, do you not have any ready? Did you? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I, missed, I, I, I already did it once, so I was just messing around. Here we go. Yes. Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a Z dot C-A. All right, time to take a lap brought to you by Backscape, the product that is taking the online world by storm right now. It's everywhere. Get rid of that unwanted back hair by yourself with Backscape, the water-resistant rechargeable shaver coupled with the long handle. Let you take care of business on your own. Shave in any direction. No bumps or cuts. It's easy and it's awesome. They got a great deal on right now. 40% off. That's bakscape.com and shoes from a variety of packages delivered right to your door. Going on a couple's getaway this weekend, Struds, with two other oh. couples. Going to head Jasper, relax a little bit. And uh, hot tub in the hotel. So that means the backscape probably needs a little bit of a workout before I go. Uh, you know, you, you can't crawl into the hot tub on a couple's retreat like a grizzly bear. I think you got to tighten up the back anyways. <laughs> got to make it happen got to make it happen all right let's take a look what's going on in the league tonight uh the, uh the the pittsburgh penguins lose to the vancouver connects tonight and brock besser scored two goals 27 goals on the season so far in 42 games uh his career high was 29 Crazy. in 62 games i was i believe that was his first year so there was talk about them trying to move him out now I'm betting they're probably thinking a little bit different. He is on pace for well past an uh, incredible career season. I think you got to give a lot of credit to Rick Talkett. I know there was some talk about Talkett, what he's meant to Brad Besser and how to help his game along. But, I mean, Vancouver is on fire, one of the hottest teams in the league uh, all year. And I, a, a big contributing member of that is Brock Besser, scoring 26 and 27 tonight on the road. Yeah. The coach... You know, every time there's a coaching change, there's the possibilities seem kind of wide open, right? Guys that he might unlock 
guys yeah. that he might accidentally lock up. You just <laughs> never yeah. know who is going to react how to a coach. I don't know, Strud's like you've 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 played at the highest level. You've had different coaches. Have you seen situations where, for whatever reason, a guy that everybody knew was a hell of a player just didn't have it, and where a coaching change seemed to unlock a guy the way this one seems to have unlocked Besser? Yeah, I mean, we're not in the room, obviously, but I, I feel like maybe there's a little bit of a, a – um, I, I feel like Bester's the kind of guy that means me to be pushed a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Hugged and then pushed at the same time and get him going. He looks like a quicker player to me this year, moving his feet a little bit better, getting to those scoring positions a little bit better because he always had the shot. It felt the last couple of years, though, he was always a little bit behind where he needs to be to get that shot off or even to get in a place to get a shot. Now it feels like he's there. So I wonder what talk did talk talked about his conditioning or the way he approached the offseason. Because it's been from day one, he's been a more dangerous player, shift in, shift out, than I think we've seen through the entirety of his career. Can't talk about that Canucks game tonight without a tip of the cap to Elias Patterson. Like four points, mm-hmm. his overtime winner. I mean, the guy yeah. is just he is just having a, a whale of a year. And for a guy who came into the league so slight, there's a weird power to his game for how slight he seems, Struds. I think he has my favorite release in the league, at least from a one-timer. His one-timer is incredible. And I know that we're sitting in a city with Leon Dreisaitl, but I think Pedersen is incredible, uh, his release. Um, And yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely, you know, seems to be getting a little bit stronger on the ice. But he's taken another step forward this year, right? And he's he's also another reason. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that team that the way they step up. Quinn Hughes having healthy goaltender, um, you know, some surprises on the back end, and they're at times have done it without Cor- uh, Carson Soucy, a big offseason signing for them. But they mm-hmm. are all playing well and and believe in each other. And I I've been on teams that started well, and it just feels so good. You're like, we are a good team, we are good players. Like, let's get going. Sometimes when you start badly, it's hard to turn that over, but Right from the first two nights of the year, Vancouver has not looked back, and it'd be hard to see someone catching them uh, for first place in the Pacific Division, maybe in the top few in the league. Okay, what's next, pal? Uh, well, you know, they, they, the Dianine Ducks made the big trade, uh, moving out uh, Drysdale in the second-round pick to get Cutter Goche, and there was rumors going around from the insiders that we all know and love that uh, maybe Zegras isn't on the market, but they're just listening and seeing what's mm-hmm. out there. Well, injured himself Tuesday night. Uh, broken foot, broken ankle, uh, whatever it is. He's out six to eight weeks. We'll get surgery in the near future. He'll be out for six to eight weeks. So the timing is really um, notable to steal your line with him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see this trade being in the in the in season. I think this is an, an off season type trade uh, with a guy with two years left, around six million dollars. But just the whole timing. You know, his best friend gets traded. Bang. Uh, a couple days later, boom, broken foot. He's out for, let's call it two months. And by the time he gets back, you're, you know, you're January, February, you're into March, you're looking at what, Chugger? Four weeks left in the season. Yeah. Uh, for five weeks. So not a lot left there. So unlike, I'd be surprised if he were to get traded with this injury now. And I always felt his off season, but it's always funny how timing kind of works out, right? Uh, for, for, for a situation like this. Young, skilled. Tons of personality, great sense of humor, marketable, not afraid to laugh at himself. Like this guy has a lot to offer on and off the ice in his presence. His game needs to mature for sure. No question. 
Do you remember when he, you know, he wasn't at camp right away and when he got there, his first day of practice? And I think we talked about it, how coach had him doing drills with no stick, like just skating around in the dot, like yeah. practicing covered right. with no stick. And like the message it was sent before he stepped on the ice. You got the head coach talking about how all the things that need to change in his game and stuff. I had a weird feeling like this might be a rough go from the beginning. <laughs> when, and I think I said it back at the time too. Like it just yeah. felt weird for the coach to be that vocal about it. Setting the tone, you know, there's, it, 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 he does. I don't believe a coach would do that without talking to people above him. Sure. Uh, talking to those around him. Is this, this a pretty straight shooter too, right? Yeah, and advisors around them, you know, advisors around the team, you know, there's some some advisors there. So I, I think they're trying to make it a harder style game they want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, not, you know, you look at the guys they brought in, like Kalorn is a guy that plays a, a more direct north-south harder game. And that, that doesn't mean there's not a place for skill because you can have both. Um, you can have both skill and a harder game within your game, but – Right now, I think Zegras is just out there having a good time, and that's that's great. It's fun to see it. It's fun for the league. But if you're trying to build a winner, are you going to build around him, this guy, to be your yeah. leader? And I I'm, I have a hard time thinking that Pat Verbeek, uh, knowing how hard of a player he was, would really buy into what could be his next – well, he's not having a very good year this year, actually, but $6 million for that, that's a pretty tough sell. Going to get to the Weiss-Johnson YouTube stream. Cold is here big time. Time to get that garage heater installed. Enjoying the luxury of a warm vehicle or heated man cave this winter. It'll also help you if you have rooms over the garage that are always a little too cool. Visit WeissJohnson.com. Yeah, Zegris is still young, says Reaper. Called him a young punk, but I don't know that that's fair. Boba Fett says build around Mason McTavish. That's another really good young player. Cutter Gauthier is going to be interesting with that group too. Gives them some real dynamic young talent. I don't even know where Zegris should go. Somewhere that doesn't care about winning would be a start, says Max85, suggesting that maybe there is quite a distance to go in his game. I like him. I I like the style. I like the attitude. I like... I'm good with Trevor Zegras, and and I think his game will round out when he gets into a situation where his team is in a window to win. There's a different level of motivation where you tap into a guy's competitiveness. They know they're not necessarily near that in this moment. All right, that was that was Take a Lap, brought to you by Backscape. I forgot we did things out of order tonight. Let's wrap up the podcast. It's been a long one. Let's do some Ask Us Anything, brought to you by Matt Cheatery and Public House. If you need a spot to hang out before the big game or concert, it's as close to the action as you can get, located within the Grand Villa Casino. A lively sports bar is the perfect place to gather, enjoy perfected pub bites, a selection of ice-cold beer, and classic cocktails. For more information, visit Pub. Zuby, pop on in here, my friend. Uh, we're really long tonight, but we had a little bit extra off the top, and rightfully so. So let's do solid five minutes here. Ask us anything, Zuby. You can fire away. Sure. Uh, Matt Pepper, a new contributor on the stream, but I thought with a good point, he says, with the effort Pickard has put forward, when can we stop calling him the third string and start calling him the backup? Ooh, hell of a point, Strudz. That's fair. Well, the stats would suggest he is the backup. So but we, yeah. I mean, Brownie referred to him as the third stringer in he the did. organization, right? Like, he did. And I think that was the, well, that would not think that was the intention. 
Um, but he's he. It's hard because he has that label and he hasn't played a lot in the NHL. This wasn't a guy that was another a backup of another team. Then he had all he could get was a third string job. He had the third string job and has had it. Um, I gotta believe we're getting close. Doesn't mean I don't think they're always gonna acquire another goalie. Yeah, I still think they'll find another one, but I do think he's getting close to losing that handle. Zuby, who's the third string goalie in the Oilers organization? Go quick, go, go, go. Uh, Rodrigue. Yep. Right answer. So it makes Campbell four. It does. Yeah, that's that's a mess. <laughs> your highest spade is your fourth stringer opening the gate for the for the rook down in uh, Bakersfield. Um, Bobo Fett said Zach Alex Ovechkin Hyman with the high slot ripper, not his usual blue paint special, scoring <laughs> from everywhere. Well, what did you think of his? I watching that play. Just to, uh, maybe a comment on like his awareness of like you know he just. He just went to that spot and the puck came to him and he finished it. Well, Ekholm drove the blue paint. He blew he drove right in from the blue line all the way to the blue paint. So he didn't really need to have a second player in there. So the Hyman just kind of found some quiet ice and the puck squirted out to him and he, and he buries it. And and that's that's a smart player. Understanding that, you know, sometimes the crowds can get creeded. Or sorry, the crease can get crowded with multiple players there. He found there was too many there. He backed out, found the quiet ice, bang, goal. Interesting ones. You'll be on the stream. Some some John Tortorella talk there. Uh, they were wanting you to ask us about him calling out the reporter. Uh, Struds, I'll lay this one in your lap. What do you, what'd you think of him calling out the reporter who wrote the article that was ah, filled with some speculative stuff that caused some problems for Hayes? Right. Yeah, that's So, yeah, he kind of – it's – I did. I went through it and kind of figured it all out. And I, I do. He's protecting his his ex player, which a player he didn't really like because the player got traded. Mm -hmm. So it just the whole Philadelphia thing. I get that they're maybe upset, embarrassed, and mad that Cutter Goche chose not to come to their team. But they're the Philadelphia Flyers. You know, this isn't Buffalo. This isn't you know some of these other teams where. You don't want to come. It's the Philadelphia Flyers. I think that they're overreacting. I think it's time to say, listen, we he chose a different path. We with some luck. We're very excited with what we have here. We're going to continue to grow and just move on. I, I think it's just at the point now it's too long. Yeah. And I have no issue with a, a coach, a player, whoever, calling out a reporter if you don't like an article. Like You got to stand in there and you got to back up your stuff. And if you do something that pisses somebody off and when the mic is on and the red light is on, they choose to come at you, that's part of the game, man. You got to be ready in that situation. So I have no issue with what Torts did at all. I do take issue with how poorly he treats people when the camera goes on, talks to people in a way that you just don't talk to people like that. I think it's goofy and I don't understand it. So I take issue with that side of Torts. No issue with him going after a reporter for a report that he didn't like. Um. Uh, the, the Oilers have had some good third periods here. Shane Matheson with a really good point saying they are also all rested in the third period from spreading out minutes. How much do you think that plays into the good thirds we've seen from the Oilers in the last little while? I like that, but I'm going to go back to what Matthias Ekholm said when he arrived here. He goes, we have to feel comfortable with a tie game or a lead going into a third period, a small lead. And and they've done it. And, and I was I was kind of kidding around and hard on Shogger and Brownie to start the pod, but you know, I think that we have to recognize when they've done something that we've asked them to do or we've wanted to see the team do. And they've done it now. 
They're, 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 they're low scoring games. They look comfortable in them. They're not panicking. They're not forcing things that aren't there. We saw those things previous uh, incarnations of this team. We haven't seen it this year. Now I want to believe that if it's, you know, 17 out of 20 games, it might be who they are, which I think would be a great step in the right direction for this group. Um, uh, J-Dub said, Nurse's shot was awesome. Wasn't an open net. Goalie was square to him. He didn't have a stick, but I mean, that was a, that was a crazy shot. A nice offensive play by Nurse and caught him, I think, still thinking another pass was coming. Hats off to Darnell tonight. Yeah, well said. Yeah, I, I, he's been playing good, continues to play good. Hyman, the driver on that play, and, uh, and he buried it top shelf. Uh, somebody on the stream asked if I've ever had somebody pull me aside for a report that they did not like. Uh, that was Gomez asking that. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And those conversations generally stay private. Um, I did have Taylor Hall come up to me one time in the locker room. I tweeted a stat. It was an analytic in-game. And he came right up to me in the locker room the next day, and he was like, I saw that stat you tweeted in-game. You're using Corsi in-game. I think it was like how many shots a certain player was on the ice for against in a 20-minute period, like in the period. And he's like, that's a pretty uh, – that's more of like a game stat, isn't it, than a period-by-period stat? Like why are, you, why are you tweeting something like that? So he came right at me because he didn't like the analytic I used. <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay, well, and we talked about it for a couple of minutes and sort of agreed to disagreed, and he sort of smiled and left. So, like, I like when guys do that, man. I think you have to be accountable for what you say in there. Mac T, you know, a few times wasn't thrilled uh, in the playoffs with the McDavid thing. Definitely there were some conversations had there as well. You're responsible for what you report, and you got to be willing to take questions. Zuby, one more, and then we'll get going. Okay, I got a couple. Let's just finish it. I wanted to get to a couple chirps that we had on uh, tonight uh, oh, for good. for each of us, sort of. Um, on Brownie, um, McFosidal said, Brownie's still batting over on Struddy's World. Real segments. Um, Robert Herbish <laughs> asked, who turns Brownie's camera on for him at the start? <laughs> That's a good point. <clears throat> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, Shogger, when you were doing the hats and you... The guys were saying you didn't um, listen to their feedback. Reaper said he rejects. He rejects your hats. <laughs> and then McDavid's Holy Talk said Kim Jong Rashog running the pod. <laughs> and that might be out of line, but hey. that made that made me laugh. And then um, if you want to say anything about that. <laughs> No, it's fine. I, I okay. Listen, I make no apologies. Someone needs to be in charge of this absolute freaking zoo and keep the animals in their cages, and I'm happy to do that for our listeners. Okay, two more. Uh, 99 said, even in minus 40, the ladies are out rubbernecking Struddy, uh, shoveling in his <laughs> yeah. tight jeans. And Jester, um, he said, Zoobs, listen to the end of last podcast this afternoon. For the love of God, don't let Shoggy change the intro song, please. It works oh. so well. That was more. There's more yeah. love for the song than people who think it's a. It's I, divisive okay. for sure, but there's more we'll love for the off. song than not. I would say. Appreciate the feedback. All right, time now for our gem of the day, Struddy. Uh, what do you got, buddy? We had lots going on today. Um, what are you going to tap for our gem of the day today? Uh, there's lots of th things to talk about, but I, I think we're just going to go with with Jason Gregor joining us and just talking about his memories of uh, I, John Short, obviously. But Robin Brownlee, you know, I think we all shared some, some, he, he, he didn't always look the way he actually was um, and a kind hearted guy. And I, I always, and, and I, I think that was a really good way to start honoring those two guys and what they meant to the sporting community here in Edmonton. 
completely agree. Uh, highly encourage you to go read Jason's article on OilersNation.com right. on, uh, that he wrote on Robin Brownlee today. And if you get a chance, download their pods from this afternoon because Gregor did a really nice job uh, paying tribute to both of those fine gentlemen. Struds, great job tonight. Thanks, my friend. Yeah, likewise. Great job. And great job uh, honoring those two guys. Yeah, yeah. Much appreciated. Zuby, thank you for everything. I know there was some extra production work today and you did a great job. Thank you kindly. Thanks for all of you that joined us here on the stream tonight. We really appreciate it. We had great numbers, tons of amazing interaction. Can't wait to serve up some hats for people too. That's going to be a lot of fun. That'll wrap up the podcast. Big thanks to our great friends over at Sherwood Buick GMC. And once again, our thoughts and our condolences are with the family of John Short's and Robin Brownlee, two guys that definitely made their mark on us here on the podcast, on the sports and media fans here in Edmonton, on the sports community as well. And we wish their families um, our deepest condolences. Much love in the weeks ahead. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll talk soon.